May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Today is the fourth Sunday in Lent. It is the halfway point between the beginning of Lent and Easter Sunday. There is a practice that comes from the Roman Catholic tradition and is observed in some Episcopal Church parishes to refer to this fourth Sunday of Lent as Latare Sunday, which is a Latin word for rejoice and comes from the opening words of the Latin Mass, Latare, rejoice, Jerusalem. It is a day when the more penitential emphasis of Lent can be set aside to give attention to the joyful anticipation of the victory to be won. In some parishes, rose-colored vestments are worn on this day, a visible reminder of a change in focus as we look toward the rejoicing that is to come from the death and resurrection of Jesus. On a day designated for rejoicing and anticipating the victory of Christ, it seems very appropriate that our gospel reading from John is about a powerful healing miracle Jesus performs when he gives sight to a man who has been blind his entire life. How wonderful to have such a life-changing event to celebrate as this man who has been spending his days sitting by the side of the road begging for help from the people who pass by. This man is now able to see. Jesus does something incredible, something tangible, something transformational for this man, and there is every reason that this man, his parents, his neighbors, and the entire community can come together to celebrate the way the power of God working through Jesus is revealed in the healing of this man. What can be better than witnessing someone having their life changed in such a dramatic way? Surely this is reason for great rejoicing. The only problem is that we don't see anyone in this story rejoicing. Nobody puts together a festive meal. There isn't a single person we hear about who congratulates the man on regaining his sight. The man's parents, who certainly understand how their son's life has been dramatically changed, even they don't give thanks for the blessing that their son has received. Eventually, the man himself is not able to enjoy his newfound vision because he's too busy responding again and again to the hostile interrogations from the people of this man's own community. Instead of delighting in the healing work of Jesus and the power of God that is present as the man is able to see for the very first time, the people react with suspicion, with accusations, with criticism, with arrogance, and with contempt before finally driving the man away. The people spend so much energy trying to cast doubt on the man's obvious healing blaming him and his parents for his blindness, mocking and shaming him, and identifying reasons for why what Jesus does has been wrong and sinful, that they completely miss how God is working 
right in front of them. Instead of reveling in the joy that should come as a result of seeing what Jesus has done in this man's life, the people seem blinded by their own expectations of what they think God's presence in the world should look like. And what grabs my attention in this story and causes me the most discomfort is noticing who the people are who are unwilling and unable to recognize the power of God working in their midst. These are not atheists or non-believers. These are not secular leaders focused on stamping out any threats to their political power. The people who doubt and attack the man, who see sinfulness in Jesus' healing, these are faithful people. They are people who believe in God and who are committed to their faith. They are looking for signs of God's work in the world, but miss out on the opportunity to experience this holy presence when it happens outside of a time they think it should and impacts the life of a person they view as somehow unworthy of God's grace and love. This story occurs in a Jewish community because this man is part of a Jewish community. And it is where Jesus, who is Jewish, is teaching and healing, but this is not an indictment of Jewish people. For all of us who profess a faith, who study and pray and worship, who try to live our lives as God intends, who desire full, abundant life for us and for all people, well, this story is a cautionary tale, an example of what can be lost what we may miss, and the damage that can be done when we are too convinced, too certain of our understanding of how God is active in the world instead of noticing what God is actually doing in the lives of God's people. I can certainly sympathize with the confusion and frustration of the people as they grapple with a situation that goes against what they understand to be possible and is contrary to what they have learned is acceptable and right. The rules and assumptions they rely on to provide order and structure to their community are being challenged. Blind people do not regain their sight. Nothing good comes from work done on the Sabbath, and nobody who would do work on the Sabbath would be anything other than a sinner. It is telling, I think, how many different times the people asked virtually the same questions of the formerly blind man. How have you received your sight? How were your eyes opened? What did Jesus do to you? How did he open your eyes? How can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? How? None of this makes any sense to them. But making the situation make sense to all of the people, or making sure that those who are questioning the man are able to satisfactorily reason through how and why this has occurred, or the people deciding whether what has happened is acceptable or not, none of these things matter. These are not the point. What matters is that the power of God working through Jesus results in a man who was born without sight being able to see. 
Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. And that fact alone, the fact that this man has been healed by Jesus in such an incredible, impossible way should be reason enough for great rejoicing, not just for the man, but for everyone in the community. Surely we are not blind, are we? There are certainly times when we all have trouble identifying Holy Presence. Our vision can become clouded by people or situations that cause us to be unable to see God's hand at work in the world around us. Thinking we have figured out what God's grace looks like and who is entitled to receive it and when, and being too ready to think it is our responsibility to meet it out as we see fit which it isn't, thanks be to God. Instead of feeling like we need to devote all of our energy to more completely understand the specifics of why and how God works, which we will never fully be able to understand, we can instead set our sights on paying attention to the signs of God's incredible, impossible, unpredictable abundance that brings healing and wholeness and reconciliation to the lives of people around us and to our own lives as well. And when this happens, may we be ready to celebrate. On this Latari Sunday, may we go forth from this place with our eyes opened, seeing more clearly the signs of God's presence wherever we go, being ready to rejoice and be glad at the incomprehensible, extravagant, unexpected, overflowing goodness and mercy.